Is there a part of your Christian life where you're really struggling, where you'd love to make a lot more progress than you've made so far? Can you name one person in the church who does especially well in that area? If not, you may be missing out on an invaluable tool for spiritual growth, and you may be disobeying the command in Philippians 3.17. Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. This passage is of great interest to anybody who wants to be a friend of the cross of Christ rather than an enemy of the cross. The good news is there's only one command in the whole thing. So at least it's not complicated. Just one command. Command's in verse 17. And the whole rest of the chapter from verse 17 on is just explanation of why. Why this command. But there's only one command. Verse 17, join with others in following my examples, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. So that's the command. Two parts to it. Follow Paul's example and follow the example of people who are following Paul's example. So follow godly examples. That's the command. Then, the, then he tells us why. The next word is for. So uh, join with others in following my example. And then he says for, in the beginning of verse 18, for as, I, as I've often told you before, now say again even with tears, many live as enemies. Um, so, so that's a reason. He's given a reason there. And that extends out to the rest of the passage. And I'm telling you that right up front in the sermon, just because this, this is one of those passages where it's really easy. There's so much in here. It's going to be really easy for us to get lost in the details and forget the main point. So just, just so you know, the main point of this sermon and next week's sermon, the main point, follow godly examples in the way that you live. Okay? Everything is for that purpose. It's not optional. This is a command. This is, 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 it doesn't say follow godly examples if you're a people person and you like to hang around people, but if you're more of a loner and you like to be by yourself, don't worry about it. It doesn't say that. Okay? Every one of us must do this. We must do this. And here's why. It's because the Christian life is something that you can't get the hang of without an example. Without watching an example. You can't get the hang of the Christian life just by listening to instruction, just by being taught, just by reading, just by praying. You can't do it. You need an example. You know, we all know what it's like to have something like that, right? Where someone tells you how to do something, they say, do it this way, and you're just like, what, what? And then, and then they say, let me show you, and, and then, oh, okay, now I see it. And then you can do it once you see it, and that's the Christian life. The Christian life is one of those things. It's in that category, There are so many things that Scripture calls us to live out that if we never see another person doing them, we're just not going to be able to get it. We won't get it. We won't be able to do it. So I want to urge you to take note of those words, take note, in verse 17, where it says, take note of those who live according to the pattern that we gave you. The Greek word there is the same Greek word translated watch out back in verse 2. So remember when he said, watch out for the dogs, those men who do evil. And he's warning us about the false teachers. Here, he's saying that same word. So he's saying, be on the lookout for false teachers and be on the lookout for people who are doing it right so that you can follow their example. You need to be on the lookout for both. And the fact that he uses this word, the fact that he says you have to be on the lookout for these people implies that you're not necessarily going to be able to spot them easily. 
right? You're not going to just automatically spot these people. You've got to put some effort into looking for them, watching for these examples. You've got to be on the lookout for anyone who's living according to the pattern that's laid down by the apostles in Scripture so that you can follow that example and live it out and get the hang of it. So the question we all have to ask ourselves is, am I humble enough to do that? Because this requires some humility, doesn't it? One of the marks of pride is when you become proud, you get so where there's, there's no one in the whole church whose example you could follow. Nobody. You know, you look around, you see nothing but flaws. Flaw, 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 and I can't, there's nobody, there's nobody that I can learn from. Now, in a moment's notice, you could just wax eloquent about all the problems in somebody's life, but if, you, if, if somebody asks you to think of somebody who you could improve by imitating them, you could improve spiritually by imitating them, you draw a blank. What colossal pride it would take to be in that situation. How much pride does it take to think that you are advanced beyond everybody in every category? And you might say, you might hear that say, no, 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 it's not that I, it's not every category, it's not that I think I'm ahead of them in every category, but each one of them, everyone I can think of, everyone I know in the church, they're, they're blowing it in at least some category, and so I can't follow them. I can't follow an example of somebody who's doing poorly in one area. If that's the way you think, brethren, that's, that's foolish. That's foolish. If you can't think of anyone whose example you could benefit by following, it might help you to understand the difference between the words exemplary and perfect. They're not the same. Sometimes people think, I can't follow this person because he has this weakness. He's not perfect. I can't learn from his example because he's got a character flaw. If you can't find anybody who can follow because you, because you, you just see, see imperfections in their life, remember, Paul wasn't perfect, right? He just spent a whole bunch of the chapter explaining, I'm not, I haven't arrived. I, I haven't gotten there yet. I still have a long way to go. I still have to run. I, I'm not what I should be yet. And then still, he just turns right around and says, follow my example. So, exemplary does not mean perfect. You can learn from somebody who's not perfect. You see someone who isn't doing very well in his marriage? He's just really blowing it as a husband, but he does a great job handling Scripture. We'll just learn from his example in handling Scripture and not from his example in his marriage. That's all. If he's a terrible teacher, but he raised some godly kids, don't follow his example of teaching, but follow his example in parenting. If he's kind of lazy and stuff, but he's a good listener, well, follow his example with listening. We can learn from imperfect people. See, humility can do that. Humility has an eagle eye for spotting areas where someone is doing better than me, and so I need to follow that example. That's humility. Pride is the opposite of that. Pride has an eagle eye for spotting people's faults. You can always spot them. You're always aware of people's weaknesses and always aware of people's failures. You can see that. In fact, not only that, but pride will not only spot people's faults, but actually start to resent them for their strengths. You see somebody doing really well in an area where you don't do so well and you feel guilty and to assuage that guilt, you just start trying to minimize their, they're not that great. They, they look like they're great, but they're not. They, it's a, it must be phony because, because, because I saw him blow it in this other area and if he's crummy in this other area, then this area where he looks good, he's probably just a sham, he's, probably just, he's just faking it and he, he's got to be bad across the board. And you, you just come up with ways to drag people down to your level so that you don't have to feel guilty about the fact that you're not up there yet. Or you might see their strength 
And, you know, think, oh, that guy, he thinks he's so spiritual and he's above everybody and he's looking down his nose at everyone and then he's holier than thou. And, and then the truth is, that guy doesn't have that attitude at all. You're just projecting it on him because, because you feel bad, guilty about not being at his level. That's what pride does. My pride wants to imagine that he's got problems, there's something wrong with him so that I can justify my level. And, and when I do that, when I'm trying to justify myself, what I'm going to do is I'm going to amplify other people's weaknesses and I'm going to minimize their strengths, which is the exact opposite of what I need to do if I ever want to make any spiritual progress. If I want to make progress, what I need to do is be on the lookout for people who have strengths and then have enough humility to say, he's where I need to be. I'm not there. I need to follow his example and learn from him. Think of the unity in the church that we would have if we did this. Not only, beyond the fact that we would all make lots of spiritual progress because we would be doing, following godly examples. I mean, that's a, that's great, a good enough reason to do it. But beyond that, think of the, how this would impact our unity as a body. I mean, if everybody's doing that, if, if we're all on the lookout for people who are doing well in some area, and whenever we saw it, we're just like, I'm striving to imitate that. Think of the impact that that's going to have on us. Aside from all the spiritual growth, we would become so interdependent, so enmeshed in each other's lives, and we would be honoring one another by focusing on their strengths rather than weaknesses, and people would feel honored, people would feel loved, we would increase our love for one another, people would feel appreciated, and they would be motivated, because I'll tell you, when you know that somebody is following your example, that just motivates you to do all the better, right? Because someone's watching you, and so we would all be more motivated, and it's hard to even think of all the ways this would bless the church. For us to do this. So how does it work? How do you learn from example how to live the Christian life? That's, that's tough because, because the Christian life is internal, right? I mean, external things you can picture this. You can picture how, like, somebody's teaching you how to weld or something, and they say, I don't get it, show me. And he says, here's how you do it. Oh, okay, now I can weld. Or replace a head gasket or bake an apple pie or something like that. They can show you. But the Christian life is an issue of the heart. So how can I change my heart by watching your heart? How can I make my desires go in a different direction, make my heart move in a different direction by watching an example? Because, because the Christian life, it's not a matter of technique, right? It's a matter of the heart. So how can I do that by watching? I think it's the same answer that we talked about back in chapter 1. The answer is exposure the only way I can ever learn from what's going on in your heart is if you expose your heart to me because I can't read your heart. I can't assume I know what's in there. The only way I can know what's in your heart is if you tell me. And so we have to expose our lives to each other. If you're such a private person that nobody ever really knows what's going on inside you, how are we going to learn from your example? If you're not part of a prayer group, if you're not serving on a ministry team, you're never rubbing elbows with people in the, in the church, you, do, you, just, you just come and sit and observe and then leave and that's it, that's it, then how can anybody follow your example? How can you follow anyone else's example? But, but if you have God, like if, if, you know, if you've learned how to have joy in the face of suffering, a lot of people in this church do not know how to do that. You know how to do it and, and, and you're doing that, if we, can't be, if we can't be close enough to you to see it happen, how are we going to learn from your example? If you don't talk to us about what's going through your mind when you do that, how are we going to learn from your example? If you have the gift of giving, 
How, how are we going to learn from your example if you don't expose that, if you don't show us that gift in action? I know right away, you, you hear that, it's like red flags, red flags, oh, giving's supposed to be private, top secret, don't ever tell me how much you give. Jesus did say that, he did, in, in Matthew 6 he said, don't give in front of people to get glory, don't do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them so that you can be glorified, honored, so it's true, we should be careful, we never want to ever expose the godliness of our hearts to people in order to show off. But in the same sermon where Jesus said, don't do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them, he also said, do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them for the glory of God. Don't do it for your own glory, but do do it so that men might see your good works and glorify God on the day he visits us. So, so we need to be very, very careful about our motives, but once we get our motives straightened out, we have to have enough exposure of our, the godliness of our hearts so that we can learn from one another. Just take a look around the room. Look at the people that are here. You're surrounded by a whole bunch of saints of the living God, many of whom have been walking with the Lord for decades. They've learned some things the hard way that you don't have to learn the hard way. You can learn the easy way just by watching them, just by learning from them. There are people sitting around you right now, and most of us probably be shocked if we, if we knew which ones, who are way ahead of you in some area of the Christian life. They might be behind you, well behind you in other areas. And you've noticed that. But they're actually ahead of you in some area. And you learn from them. Something you've been wrestling with for the last year, they wrestled with for 10 years. And then finally God showed them some amazing things and they could, you, you could learn. We don't have time, beloved. We don't have time to reinvent the whole wheel of the Christian life and do it all ourselves and learn it all the hard way. We, we need to be on the lookout for cross-friendly lives so that we can follow their example in mimicking Paul's example as he followed Christ and live for the next world, not this world. Pick one area of your Christian walk where you especially want to make progress, and then ask God to show you someone in the church who excels in that area who you could imitate and learn from their example. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.